Welcome to the Western North London podcast, where we sit down every week to talk about your big Arsenal questions. I'm Caleb. And I'm Tim. Tim, it's a real fun and exciting night here, <laughs> but we're, we're getting away from it Yeah, to talk some Arsenal, which I'm, I'm pleased to be doing. I think this is better for both of our um, mental health. I agree. I I do agree. But it's definitely uh influenced the drink of t- tonight's show, which I'm 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 drinking whiskey. I, I'm, I'm going there. And so I'm I'm having a Four Roses bourbon, which I love there. If for just a basic bourbon, it is one of my absolute favorite whiskeys. So I had a bottle of it. So luckily I've only had started this one glass, so hopefully I can get through without sounding too too slurry. <laughs> I had I, I tried a few um with a friend not long ago and uh the one that really stuck out to me was the Woodenville whiskey rye. Oh, that is a good one. I, I hadn't had the rye before. I'd had the this their run of the mill whiskey, which is not run of the mill, it's one of my favorites. But yeah, the uh the rye was was interesting. I liked it. All right, tonight I am drinking something different, not wine this week. Oh, wow. I'm doing a, a bale breaker, which I oh, think nice. is, is my favorite of the the brands in the state, the, the breweries that are here within Washington. Yeah, I was just looking at the label of this one. I didn't realize it's a, it's a 6.2% yeah. hazy IPA. <laughs> uh, which one is it? Uh, it's the Hazy L. Okay. I don't think I've had that one yet. I do like Bale Breaker. They're a brewery. If you ever get a chance when, or if things ever get back to normal, uh, is, uh, right out, uh, in Eastern Washington and it's right in the middle of like a hops field. So it's really, it's a really cool brewery. If you ever get a chance to go there. Yeah. It's on my to-do list because it's actually in Moxie where my grandparents are from. Oh, and my hmm. grandma back in the day was a hop picker and, and so that she was picking those very fields that uh, that that brewery sits in. So it's oh, uh, cool. It's one I have to make a pilgrimage to at some point. Yeah, they're definitely for me. My part, one of my favorite IPAs in the state. Yeah, definitely. I, I haven't had a beer from them that I've disliked. So that's that's hard to come by. Yeah. Um. All right. So what have you got for me for your question of the week? Well, I was watching a, a Swedish league game and like everywhere else, there there are many places, not everywhere else, I guess. <laughs> they're, uh, they're all in, uh, behind closed doors during this whole pandemic. But the, their stadiums, a lot of them tend to be kind of more rustic, I guess would be the, uh, the, the word that I would use. And in this particular game, several fans had rented out cherry pickers and were around the stadium inside the pear- cherry pickers just basically off stadium ground were able to watch the game cheer for the team and i thought that was <laughs> a rather uh i don't know innovative innovative way to go watch the game so kind of moral implications aside how would you sneak into the emirates to watch an arsenal game what would be the, your way to break in so this is like i have to get into the stadium or i just have to be able to see the game just have to be able to see the game okay hmm Uh, I, you know, I'm not a heights person, but I do feel like watching a game from like roof level near the clock end, you know, just Mm kind of 
getting, I would get up, up in that clock, but I think I would have, <laughs> I think that would be the best view. Um, but I think, I think the, I, I'm not, I'm not a heights person, like I said, but I think it would be like a once in a lifetime thing to do this. So I, I would try parachuting onto the roof and climbing into the clock. Oh, wow. Parachuting. <laughs> that would be a, <laughs> you'd have to be a pretty uh, pinpoint on that. that yeah. That, yeah. That parachuting. This is not just going to happen. This is going to take some, some training. I'm, yeah. I'm going to plan it. I, I'd, I'd have to plan it for one of the better games of the year, like maybe a, a Tottenham match. So I'm, you know, I, I'm going to be planning a while to make sure that I make the landing, that I'm able to climb into the clock and have a comfortable seat for the I entire wonder, game. I wonder if you could actually get away with parachuting in when no one's looking, like maybe do a couple hours before they show up to the stadium. I I, I think there's a way to do it. I, I like that. I would hang out. You know, yeah. bring some beers. Yeah, exactly. Some bail breakers. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. What would you do? Would you would you try to do something as crazy and ambitious, or go a little more subtle? No, I like the crazy ambitious. There, <laughs> I don't know if you remember a couple. Uh, it's probably years is now. Uh, time is squishy and makes no sense right now. But uh, there was a. Uh, in Seattle, there's a uh, these guys, these people that were kind of free climbing the Space Needle and free climbing CenturyLink Park or CenturyLink Field, and getting kind of to the very top of the roof that way. So I think I'd try that. I think I'd try doing some free climbing, even though I'm absolutely terrified of heights and would just basically probably cry. But yes, it this is all like, very hypothetical yeah. because I am not jumping out of a plane anytime soon myself. <laughs> but I think, I, I think doing the free climbing route would be cool. And plus I, I think that's a little like you can be a little bit more sneaky about it and kind of get away with it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could, yeah. Hiding in the rafters, you could be a lot more sneaky than, you know, parachuting in slowly. <laughs> yeah. The problem is if, if I'd snuck in a couple of beers to watch the game, it might be a little bit more risky of an operation getting back down. True. Yeah. The getting out might be a problem for both of us. Yeah. I, I, I hadn't really thought of the getting out part of it. No. I guess that would I be our new, just, new home. Yeah. I was going to say, I think we just live there at that point after all that effort. Uh, all right. Well, all that aside, let's get get into the last couple matches because two wins who would have thought? Yeah. I I think I don't think either one of us um well, I think I'm trying to remember what our predictions were for this game. I, I, I had, think I had us down for a loss. Yeah. I, I had the two wins. So you were you were right on. You were optimistic yeah. and it paid off. Yeah. But uh I, I I predicted it was gonna be as close as I think it really was for the Man U game and for the uh Dundalk game. Yeah, it was <laughs> that game went pretty much exactly as I thought it would be. Yeah, let's talk about that game first. Uh, I was a little surprised that uh, Dundalk was ever able to hold Arsenal at bay for as long as they did, really. Um, I, I think Arsenal looked on the front foot for most of, I mean, despite not scoring in that first 40 minutes or so, um, you know, Arsenal looked threatening and and lively and, Dundalk was bending but not breaking, so I wasn't sure uh, when they were going to break through. But Arsenal looked like they—it was just a matter of time. So, um, 
when the when once they started scoring, it didn't really stop. Yeah, it was always going to be a game like that. And, you know, for any team to make it this far in Europa League, you have to have some sort of quality. And it's it's no surprise that Dundalk basically just sat up and parked the bus and just tried to contain, contain, contain. They had that early shot, actually, that scared me. Um, and then you look at the, you know, starting lineup for Arsenal is definitely a rotational lineup, to put it nicely. Um, and... It was always going to be the case that Arsenal was going to be on the front foot. And as soon as they broke the dam, as soon as they got that one goal, Dundalk had to completely kind of shift how they played the game. Yeah, I um, I, I was glad about the, the the lineup. What was your, were you at all surprised to see Runderson get, get his start? No, I think we talked about it at the in the last episode that I think it was a perfect time for him to get his first uh, Arsenal start. I I was I was definitely okay with most of the line. I don't think there was a lot of surprises for me in the lineup. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's definitely, as I said, rotational. It's definitely giving a lot of players some some rest. Yeah, this is more of a lineup I expected to see for Europa League. I think um, definitely it was it was a acknowledgement of the level of. Um, opponent that we were playing and and the the team definitely needed to rotate but it was I, I think it's also good to get get a reminder of what these players can do and uh it was refreshing to see willock and Enkedia in action you know getting goals and then um i think that might have been one of pepe's better performances overall definitely i think uh performances like that are what we want to see out of Pepe and also, you know, to Willick and Enkedia and some of these other players that are trying to get minutes, but it was, it was refreshing to see Pepe play a good game. Uh, I mean, it is also with the, uh, the proverbial grain of salt that I think we have to say, which is it was against Dundalk. So it wasn't like, uh, it should, it should have been a huge challenge for him. No. And that's a, that's it. Um, I think I was surprised to not not see him get uh, get into the game on, on Sunday after that after that performance. He got pulled um, relatively early. I thought he got pulled in time to really um, give him a shot at getting some minutes against Man U as well. Because yeah, he went off in the sixty second minute. So I thought him coming off that early was a sign that he was um, angling for uh, some time on Sunday, but. Unfortunately, we didn't see him because I think that is the key is like, you know, you've, you've got this confidence builder uh, of a game and you hope that he can carry that into a big match. Um, but with I think you lose some momentum uh, and he need I think he's a person that it's definitely a, a mental game for him. And when he's playing with confidence, he plays a lot better. And so then he, he came off for William, right? And it was basically like for like sub, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's correct. And I, I wonder how much of this is Arteta is still trying to kind of piece together who he likes better in that position. And so he's kind of giving both a run out to see what, who he wanted to play against Man U in that position. Yeah, I think it's the never ending question. And, and you, you also have um, uh, Nelson who got playing time on uh, Thursday of last week. And it was interesting to see him. I, I, I always like Nelson. He still hasn't found his breakthrough and, and found his best form with Arsenal since he came back from loan. But 
he just he brings something different and he's another person in contention for that that right side so um one of our questions this week also brought up that we by the end of this year we'll hopefully be seeing martinelli pushing for minutes uh with pepe and william as well um yeah jonathan king manilis who brought that up and it's the it's going to be tight over there. And, and we, we've seen Bellerin playing at his best. Um, I think he's really, he's really recovered and, and gotten back to his best form. So it's good to see him involved. I mean, not that any of those players are going to take minutes from Bellerin, but he's part of the equation. You have to figure out who works best with him on that side. Uh, I what, what, What's been your impression of the people that we've had playing on the right, like what, what do you think the best combination with, with Bellerin is? I mean, it's a, it's a hard question. And <laughs> I, I, I think it, the jury is definitely out. Uh, I, I worry about having the grass is always greener, uh, bias and just um, waiting for Martinelli to come back and everything's going to be good. I mean, he's young and he has a lot of promise, but he still has a lot, I think to prove. But and we saw that- how long it took to took, um, Bellerin to get back to his best form. Um, yeah. Rob Holding may not even be there yet. Like any of these long term injuries can really take a while to recover from. So I don't think it's going to be like New Year, New Martinelli. It's going to be, it's going to yeah. be maybe next season before we see him get back to his best self. Yeah, exactly. If, if he ever does, you have to remember too that he was just kind of breaking in. It wasn't like he was mm-hmm. a superstar, he just showed flashes of potential. And I think, you know, when a player is gone on a long injury, we tend to have this idea of, oh, when he comes back, it's going to be like the new signing quotation that everyone always uses. Um, that being said, I'm not convinced on either Pepe or William. I'm still willing to give Pepe a lot of chance or a lot more time. But I wonder if we, this is just what we have with Pepe, which is a player that has some upside and can have some brilliant games, but isn't going to be a consistent superstar, a consistent great player on that right-hand side. Uh, Willian, I I think I just, I, I want to have more data points with Willian just before I can really make a decision on whether he uh, is the position. So I think rotating between Pepe and Willian is probably the better choice until someone makes a claim for it. Yeah, I think I still want to see Nelson get more minutes, but I don't think he's pushing either one of those two out of the starting lineup at this point. Um, but I think he's he's made a case for getting more Europa League minutes for sure. And uh, Pepe, I, I, I think he made a case for being more involved in the first team. But I do think he definitely plays a different style than William. Like, they bring a lot of different qualities to the table. I think if you are looking for people who can score for you though, you have to try to get Pepe into that. Cause I just, I'm not seeing it from William. Um, it just, it, it hasn't, hasn't come together in, in a consistent way for William. I think he, he plays, I, I won't say he's inconsistent. He just doesn't really, um, bring a ton of, uh, offensive prowess like i'm not expecting him to score i'm more expecting him to facilitate passing and be secure with the ball which really is uh, a waste of a, an offensive position when you have pepe who can actually score goals so yeah. i feel like what you might be giving up in in technical security from 
uh, William, you make up for in goal scoring, which I think you have somebody in party who can allow you to throw a little bit more caution to the wind um, offensively. You know, I, I don't think Pep is the best at always tracking back and, and being on top of the, the defensive side of the ball. Um, but yeah, what he brings as far as creativity and just unpredictability are aspects that Arsenal need in their game. So I think now with party settling in, we need to see more Pepe. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, it could be a case too of like different horses for different courses that if we're going to be playing a game where we kind of want to be more careful with our possession and be a little bit more, uh, not defensive minded, but more, uh, careful, I guess would be the word. Uh, we would, uh, we can use uh, William and then where we want to try and be, have a little bit more creativity, be a little bit more dangerous on goal. We can uh, use Pepe. Um, as I said, I just, I want one of those two to just claim the spot, make their claim to the spot, show up. And this is their time when they need to start doing that. Um, and maybe when Martinelli comes back, he's the one that either pushes them to do it or he claims it himself. But Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where this team is at when Martinelli comes back. Like, who's who's who really has solidified their their role? Because I would expect by the new year they've either made that claim or a lot's changed. But we'll we'll see how that plays out. Um, let's get into the the next game. Let's talk about Man United. Unless you you had anything else to to talk no. about there? <laughs> I think that was basically yeah. all all from the Dulk. Oh, I will say Willock is another person that came out. I came out of that game thinking we need to see more of him mm-hmm. on the first team. Um, just as a change of pace, something different from that midfield um, when when nothing's working. It would be nice to see him get some more minutes. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I thought he had a, a great game and really, as you said, kind of gave a different look to that, to that midfield. And I, I would, I would say, and Kedia too. I think all, all three of the 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 goal the goal scorers made a claim to make more first team minutes for themselves. I think um, the Enkedia goal reminded me that he just finds a way to get into those dangerous spaces, and uh, his speed on reacting in the in the box is something that's uh, really amazing to watch. I, I thought he he just came out of nowhere and scored so sometimes the speed aspect is missing from Lacazette's game. So I, I do like seeing how um, exciting Enkedia can be when he's really on top of things. Yeah. And I, I would like to see Enkedia pushing for minutes from Lacazette. Um, I think as we get into talking about man United game and going forward, I think the Lacazette, is, is is there's feels like there's something missing and it might might be nice to just try something different. I'm 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 not 100% for get rid of Lacazette right now. I'm I'm really trying to be very level cuz I've noticed I was last year or last season very up and down on Lacazette and I think I was being unfair so I'm trying to be very level but I think having to cut and Kedia take up some of those minutes might just shake things up a bit. Yeah, I I agree about shaking things up, but I do think like what the the pattern that Lacazette fell into, um, or at least the the role that he he tends to play in that position, um, he does end up being more of a facilitator 
I'd say, you know, like he, he, he fits into a, uh, a spot and, and makes the people around him work. But I, again, it's one of those things like w- William, it's like, he's kind of in that same facilitator role where it's not like you're outright, um, scoring goals. You're not outright defending. You're kind of filling in spaces and creating for the people around you. Um, but I know that Lacazette's capable of more. It just, uh, the energy is not there. So I kind of wonder if just getting Enkedia some more first team minutes might push Lacazette a little bit further. Um, but again, I, I don't think Lacazette's playing bad. He just gets stuck in this weird role sometimes. And I don't know um, that it gets him to, into scoring positions as much as he'd want to be. Or, you know, it, it just doesn't seem to click with his style. So I'm trying to figure out how we get more out of him. Um, but again, I can't really say he's he's playing bad. He's doing what he's supposed to supposed to be doing. Yeah. Exactly. And he's scored goals for us that we've needed this uh this season. So I'm uh, I'm not ready to give up on Lacazette and just straight up say we should be starting Enkedia because we've also seen Enkedia uh miss some pretty bad sitters or just be anonymous in games as well. Yeah. So it is it, it's it's a work in progress, I think, that that front lineup. I, I, really for me, and I don't know if this is wandering too far off subject, but I, I really would like to see Aubameyang getting more minutes in se- in the center striker position, personally. Yeah, there was some speculation about him getting more time, or you know, that that being an option more often, um, especially uh, against Man United's somewhat slow central defense, and uh, didn't happen, but. They didn't need it to. I, I, I felt like Arsenal really controlled that game in different ways. And uh, I think that would have been a, a, a tactic they could have gone with. But uh, I didn't think they, they played bad. I felt like they, even though they, they weren't able to score in the run of play, uh, they looked threatening. They looked in control. So it was... It was a, a good performance without having to shake things up too much as far as moving a bombing around. Yeah, I mean, these are like in talking about the game in, in general, I was actually, if we wanted to go to kind of an overall view of the Man U game, I, th- I thought we played great. I, w- I was very happy with our performance. This is the type of team that we need to put that type of performance together to show the, the progress. I thought we were good for the win. It, you know, yeah, it came on a penalty, but it wasn't, it didn't feel like we, came there, snuck, got a penalty and snuck the game. I felt like we, for large periods of the game, dominated the game against a team that is in our level. And, you know, it it has been something like 15 years since we won at Old Trafford in the league. It's, uh, we have had a horrible record at away at these types of teams. So I'm, I thought the the game plan was good and everything was excellent. It's just it's more nitpicking <laughs> during this game that I th- I think I'm going on with this. Yeah, I th- what was your um I think the, the selection was pretty straightforward, but I think the thing that stood out um for for the lineup was the the party Elmeni partnership. So what was your impression of of that because i think that was our big piece of of or the big piece of why they were able to control the game so well 
Yeah. And when I, I when I saw the lineup, my eyebrow definitely raised. I, I, I just, for whatever reason, have not really had Elneny coming into the season as playing an important role in our midfield. And it's turned out that for the big games and important things, Arteta really likes what Elneny is putting down. Um, that being said, going into the game, I thought Party was absolutely dominant. I thought he played, he had Pogba in his pocket the entire game and was a, a, a masterclass to see. It's just, it's, it's so exciting to start seeing that spine kind of like conge- congeal. I don't know if spines can congeal, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're around Halloween. It makes sense. But uh, like having that middle of the, the field where you have Gabriel and you have party just there as a solid, great players. And you can start building a team really around that. Um, and I thought El Nenny had a great game. I thought the partnership between party and El Nenny was great. I enjoyed how they played together, what they were doing in the midfield, the together they really did boss the midfield for much of that game and it, it just ma- reminds you that just because you, a player goes on, on loan doesn't mean their career is completely over sometimes it does what it's supposed to do which is kind of teach them new tricks lets them develop a little bit and you know they come back a better player and the whole situation like between when Elneny left during Emery Emery's era um, coming back and having a brand new coach and really a, a, a new style. Um, I think you couldn't ask for something better as far as tr- making a, um, a second go at your, your Arsenal career coming in with a clean slate and, uh, you know, hitting the ground running. I think he, he's somebody that, uh, Arteta knew of, I think they played together. So I think that's, oh, wow. he, he knew exactly what he was getting from him. And then, um, I think it's an attitude thing really for that makes it click for him with Elneny is that he doesn't come in with, uh, um, you know, some of the attitudes we've had some, from some of our other midfielders haven't really clicked with Arteta. Um, but when you, he, he specifically mentioned that Elneny comes in with no ego and I think he picks up what Arteta wants him to do. And really you, you saw him just, he, he this season when he's played he's looked better than some of our other midfielders by a, a bit of a margin like surprisingly i think to most people um in the in the right scenario i'm not saying he's our, our best midfielder uh, um of the other partners that we can put with party i think it's going to be uh dependent on the 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 opponent but he definitely adds a different option and I, and I like what he's brought as far as chasing guys down. I think that's the pressure or the, the type of pressure that they were applying to Man U, um, really fit well with his style. He, he just seems to have an, an endless amount of energy, which is crazy to watch. Cause I think he was chasing guys down well into the 90 plus minute, you know, he was, it, he didn't stop. So that type of athleticism, that type of tenacity, it, it really something that um, fits well for a high press situation. So I, I hope that Arteta uses that a bit more. I think Arsenal look good when they're pressing a lot. Yeah. And I think when you have a part like party, which really kind of solidifies the midfield, I think it allows you to be able to press a lot more. And I wonder with Elneny, how much of it is also that he has a a partner and party that is kind of a stable base and he can flourish off that stable base. 
as it were. Yeah, I think that's something that they brought Party in um, to do is, you know, I think he he's one of those force amplifiers, right? So the people around him are able to focus more on the things that they are better at. Like when you can take so much of the defensive weight off of the players around you, it really allows people to get forward or, you know, maybe chase a little bit harder after the ball because they don't have to worry about getting caught out. Um, I think that definitely describes the El Neni party partnership because looking at the heat map, it, um, party was pretty sta- you know, I wouldn't say stationary. He definitely got around the field, but his, his the majority of his game spent in the, in the very center of the park. He's pretty, pretty well married to that, that center circle. And then it allowed El Neni to really chase, chase the game, chase the ball. Um, because look, looking at his, his, uh, heat map, he's kind of all around party. It, he wasn't really playing to one side or the other. He, he was all over the place the entire game, which really speaks to how, you know, how good a shape he's in, but also just his level of commitment to what Arteta is trying to do. So I l- really like what they, they brought together. So if, if, if that's something that they can allow Arsenal to do as, as far as the high press and um, they're able to build a more understanding with each other, I think that's that's great. I'd love to see an alternate pairing to the Xhaka um, Zabios option that we've had so far. And this is looking promising. Yeah. And, and what do you think of the game altogether overall? What was your What were your thoughts on it? Uh, it was, I, I would say one of the more tense games, even once we scored, um, despite us having good control and being in the game, um, it's, it, it never felt like a sure thing. Even, um, even though it was a, a, a much better performance than we've, um, seen in these types of games, it, I think the old Arsenal always sits in the back of my mind, like, oh, they're just they're just going to fall apart, right? Or you know, that this is going to they're not going to take take their chances, or you know, somebody's going to give up that that uh, second yellow card. That was that was a bit of a concern when um, Gabriel got an early yellow. I was uh, I was well, both him and Holding had yellow cards. Yeah. Um, you know, before thirty minutes were over, and that's concerning, <laughs> puts a lot of pressure on those guys. And they were, especially with, um, Mike Dean is the ref. <laughs> I was very concerned pretty much the entire time that that second yellow was coming for one of our players. Yeah. But I thought, I thought one of the interesting things, it was one of the commentators said that Arsenal was showing a lot of resiliency. And it's a word that kind of stuck in my head as I was watching, especially the end of the game after we scored the goal, that there was a resilience to the team that I don't think we had under, uh, uh, why am I forgetting his name? Cause I always forget his name. Emery. Uh, Emery. Yes. Uh, I swear I've just blanked him out. Uh, you really have. <laughs> uh, yeah. I always forget his name. Uh, but I think Arsenal under Emery doesn't necessarily win that game. You know what I mean? Arsenal under Emery, ties or loses that game that's up some late goals doesn't have that same knuckle down we're just gonna take this three points by our our the skin of our teeth and just make it work and i i was that i think was my favorite takeaway from the game 
Yeah, I think they they've shown their growth. I hope hope that this this win kind of um, grew out of the things that they learned from losing to Liverpool, Man City. Uh, you know, even even losing to Leicester in the way that they did. I think you have to take lessons from that. I know each each of these teams is a bit different, but building that resiliency, showing that you can make progress and feel like you're, um, you know, by following what Arteta is trying to do, you're actually um, seeing the fruits of your labor. I think that that hitting those milestones where you, oh, we haven't beat this team in 14 years, you know, it's like, uh, or at, at their grounds, that sort of thing really lifts you mentally like you've shown that this is a, a plateau that you've reached and hopefully that, or I think this is only the beginning of what the, this team can do this season. So I think this is something you definitely build on, especially with the performances that we've seen from uh, Gabriel and party, like you were saying, having those players come in and seeing an, an immediate effect on the team, um, that'll push other players to start stepping up their game as well. I think we saw that from El Nenny. I think we'll see that from the, the other players eventually too, especially as we develop some chemistry now that, that it seems like there's some um, spots that have been solidified on this lineup. Yeah. Uh, think, you know, speaking of the like, solidified spots, who, who, who do you think is kind of just cemented and is just a, or every game going to play? player Ooh, like i think it's tough I, I i think if if you can play you know or if we're not talking about rotation because there's the way these games come um you know the you've got to you got to switch some of these guys out but if i were to pick my best best 11 sort of yeah. um i would say the Party Gabriel spine has to be part of it. Let we'll we'll include Leno in that spine too. I think he's yeah. obviously gonna play as much as possible. Um Tierney has to be in that. Bellerin has to be in that. It's that other that other center back or other at third back. Um I don't know who's solidified that. If if everybody's available, I think Louise gets that one. Um, but holding is great in a pinch. He has not been bad. So either one of those guys should be in that back line as well. Um, so, but that, that one's a little softer. I don't know if either one of those guys are, are, are the, um, we'll call them one A and one B. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think you, the, the tougher, the tougher pairing for me right now is who's best with party. And, uh, that, that El Nenny performance made a good case. Uh, I'm less convinced by Xhaka at this point. I think we need to see a Ceballos party. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, let's see a Ceballos party. Uh, I think I'd like to see more of that to see what that brings to the table. Yeah, and that's an Before interesting. Before I've decided if he, who, who's the best partner, I should say. Yeah, I mean it's interesting because Ceballos is really not been wowing me the last couple appearances I've seen him. 
So I've been kind of down on him, but it would be interesting to see him have more time with Party and see if that because on paper, at least in my mind, that's the the pairing that looks the most creative, the most uh, going forward. I do recall the last time Zabios got starting minutes, though I was not impressed with his performance. So I would hope that um, having Party in there, uh, developing some chemistry, might do him better. But I'm not sure yet. Yeah, I mean, there's luckily a couple of games coming up, and I think all of those midfielders that we mentioned are probably going to get some minutes, depending on the team and the uh, the game. And like I said, I think I, I would like to see Willett get a chance to to play more in the starting lineup, um, or in the first team, I should say. I think he adds a dynamic that would benefit from um, part, you know, having a partner like Party because the thing I think he brings to the table that not a lot of other other players do is making those runs, um, and if he's more freed up to do that, I think it adds a dimension to the team that we don't have. And, uh, he might not be able to do as much given, um, you know, his defensive, uh, responsibilities. So he can't make runs all the time because you always having to worry about having to track back, but party opens that game up for him. So I'd be curious to see party with pretty much any of our midfielders until we figure this part out. But, like I said, that uh, that El Nani brings a different dimension when it comes to the press, and I'd like to see that applied more because I think that really keeps Arsenal in it, and I think they are a team that can capitalize on those turnovers in the offensive half. So if they can really work that press to their advantage, um, that I think that's a style that suits the players that we have. Yeah, and with our forward line, I know we we talked a lot about William Pepe, so we don't have to go into that. But is Lacazette, Laka, is uh, he our starting striker? Yeah. I don't know what the long-term plan is for him. I don't see him getting another contract with us, honestly. Um, but we're getting into the final year, and they need to figure out what's going to happen with him because I don't... I don't I don't know what Arteta's vision is for that that spot. It's Baca keeps getting the minutes, so clearly something akin to what he's doing. But maybe there's somebody else out there that could be doing more with that position, or um maybe the way that Arteta wants to play is always to build out from the wings. So the what what Laka's doing is all he needs and we'll ride this contract out. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird situation because I, I don't know if it's been made clear what Arteta wants there, but like I said, Lacazette keeps getting the minutes. So, um, either Enkedia isn't proving as consistent or up to the level that he needs to be, or, uh, there's something about Lacazette's game. That's Seuss what Arteta is trying to do. And it, I'm okay. I'm okay with it because I think, like I said, Arteta's not, or excuse me, Lacazette's not playing bad. He's just not the goal machine that we probably need him to be. Well, maybe it's uh, written into Obama Yang's new contract that he has to start Lacazette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just can't force those things, though. I mean, it's not like they're pro- prolific partners at this point. Um, yeah. I I think, you know, it's good to see Obama Yang get the, the penalty. Uh, but we need him to get, get back into the, um, 
regular goal scoring that he was that he was showing us before he signed his contract. Uh, I hope it's not. We haven't seen the best of him now. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not too worried. Strikers are streaky. Yeah. Uh, I think the thing I and I mentioned it before, and I think it's going to be my little uh, drum I'm going to bang on for a while. I think Obama Yang's best position is as a center striker, and I think in some ways we do a disservice to him and the team by playing him out wide. Hmm. I I think it's. Uh... It's reasonable to assume that we can uh, see that deployed as an option in games, but I don't see it being um, a, a formation that we start with very often, if ever. I think it's kind of like a, a trick you keep in your back pocket in case you need to change things up. But we've yet to see it deployed more than once in recent memory, so uh, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with that? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it doesn't seem like Arteta agrees with me, so I don't think. <laughs> and he's probably a much smarter person than I am. So, yeah, I I don't know how desperate he is. I mean, we just won a game three three nil and won at Man U for the first time in a very long time. So I he's getting the results um, despite not really having the big goal scoring that everybody's always clamoring for with Arsenal. But the de- the defense has, has kept us in games and kept clean sheets. And that's, that's really the important thing is that's, that's the thing that's changed is we're not this um, leaky team anymore. So yeah. we can win close games and, and we don't need a massive amount of goals if that's the case. And that's something that's uh, kind of important. I don't think we've really talked too much about is the uh, defensive structure of Arsenal and the fact that right now, Arsenal's the best defensive team in the league, at least as far as goals conceded. That, and that's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I like mean, uh, compared to where we were, that's that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I can't even remember the last time I was able to say that, if I've ever been able to say that. Uh, maybe under uh, <laughs> the early years of Arsene Wenger. But uh, yeah, it's... I think that's a key and I I think it's nice because we're changing the perception of who Arsenal is. Teams now don't think they can come at Arsenal and just get a, a easy couple goals against them or that they're kind of a pushover. Now we're co- cultivating that defensive, difficult to break down team. And from that platform, just as Party makes a platform on our midfield, having a strong defensive structure can make a platform for the attacking and I think we're just at the point where we feel comfortable with our defense. So hopefully it bodes well for going forward. Yeah, I think I think they've shown that they can hang with the Man U and now we have to build on that and, and learn from the mistakes. And like I, like I said, I think that not... Or you know the, the things that we've learned from those those big teams, those big games that we've played so far, uh, will come back around to help us with other games. I, I we have to keep in mind that Arteta is learning so much right now. Like he's a, a first time coach. We have to keep that in mind. That it's it's crazy to believe because he's had um, some success, but when things aren't looking great, like when the offense isn't clicking, um, he 
has to learn how to dig out of those situations and, and get the results out of this team. And we're watching this learning process in real time. And there has to be um, a lot of slack given to him because he's still, he's still finding ways to win, even though things are not um, perfect all the time. You know, I, I don't, I don't always expect to go out and beat Man City or Liverpool um, the, the Leicester result was unfortunate because like we were saying before those, that's the sort of game that we, we should be competitive in and, you know, keeping it one zero is certainly competitive, but you want to, you want to try to win those, those sorts of games, um, when it's a little more at your level, but going out and beating Man U is, is a confidence booster. And it, it, it shows that, uh, sticking with our tennis plan does, should pay off. It may not pay off every time, but keeping it close, um, staying in games, that's a big, that's a big deal. Um, and keeps us competitive. I think that's, that's the key. We have to be competitive with these big teams. And like you said, they don't feel like they can come at us like they used to, which is, um, allows us to play differently. So I think that's, that's a positive and something Arteta, gets big, big points and a lot of slack for because, um, when things don't go right, you can always point to, well, look at all he's, he's done on the defense. We we can give him some time on this offense because something's working. So having the best defense really, it's a huge deal. Um, so I hope they can continue that, that run of form, at least on the defensive end and, um, par- party only makes that easier to achieve. I also wonder if, uh, Maybe we're reading too much into Arteta coming from a the La Messiah background, coming from the uh, Pep Guardiola school. And I wonder if this is also just a part of who Arteta is that, you know, he's obviously not just a clone of Pep Guardiola and that maybe a more defensive safety first type of football is his style. As long and for me, as long as we're getting results, I don't think I care that much. Well, I think you got to look at Man City and say, since Arteta left, their defense has gotten worse and ours has gotten better. So there is something to be said for that. Now it might be personnel, but I do think like having that that sort of mentality on your on your bench definitely makes a difference. Definitely, and, and if you think of him as who he was as a player, he was like. He was creative, but in not a flashy way. He was very much a ponderous, not ponderous, that sounds like he was slow, but very thoughtful player that uh, more built out of a cut or a cut, death by a thousand cuts than like a quick, incisive pass. So I think that may be the type of team he will try and build. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this evolves. Um, and it, it is probably something you have to look at look back at after like a full season um with him as the coach Uh, because like i said it's happening in real time it's really hard to see all the minute changes but we're we're seeing the overall results and and it's positive and it's hard to you know pinpoint exactly what he wants because i think he's still figuring that out at least um with the, the tweaking he's done trying to figure out who who's got the best chemistry chemistry, but also the best way forward as far as um, if, if that long, long cross to a isn't, isn't your 
um, best bet? What's what's plan B and plan C? And how do you build a playbook for every scenario? And how do you figure like how do you find the the personnel that that does best to unlock that that low block or um, you know where can you who 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 best can can tuck back in to overload midfields and you know having a, a plan and and personnel set up for every scenario takes time um so there will be limitations based on who we have available and um you know there's definitely going to be people that Arteta needs to bring in to complete his vision as far as um the next transfer wish, uh, the next transfer window and beyond so i think it it is a work in progress, but it's great to see the results that we've had. Um, even in this short amount of time with him as coach, it's a, kind of a um, something we might end up taking for granted because I think our Arsenal fans kind of demand excellence. Uh, but you have to you have to appreciate the the quick turnaround that he's been able to bring about. Definitely. I think that's something that we all have to keep in mind is that he has shown so much progress in such a short amount of time and we should be looking at this as a long-term project, not something that's going to turn around very quickly. Yeah. Don't take it for granted. It's not, it's, (laughs) it's not easy to come in and do what he's done. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm just looking at our questions for this week. Uh, I think we we kind of touched on a lot of these. Uh, Fraser Pring, Pringle uh, was asking about El Nenny after the game, and I think we've sung his praises quite a bit. Um, he certainly is a different player since he's been back, so really interesting to see how much playing time he gets after a performance like that. Uh, Bill Conley talking about Pepe. Would he have had a bigger impact on the game, on the Man U game, than William did? Um, yeah, you gotta wonder, I, I, I don't know why he didn't make that game. Like I said, he came off pretty early on the, um, the Dundalk game. So I thought we'd see him. Uh, did you, do you think he would have been a better, uh, a better William or a better position in the William? Okay. I can't talk tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A better are... person in William's position. There we go. We'll, we'll try that. Yeah. Then. There's a lot going on in our heads right now. I, <laughs> yeah, I, so I do. I, I mean, I think we kind of covered it, which is I just think his explosive offensive potential is just going to be a higher ceiling than William, or at least what William has shown us so far. And I think it's just, I think William has a lot to prove on scoring goals for us, or at least facilitating much better chances than he does. He does. William does, to be fair, facilitate some great chances. And I believe uh, he was a big factor in several of our chances against Man U, and including the Bellerin penalty. Yeah, I think he had the the um, the pass to Bellerin, right? That got, yeah. got the penalty, yeah. So I think there there is that to his game. But yeah, I think for the most part, I'd rather see Pepe start at least to get that offensive spark or, or just at least come off the bench, uh, just to have that change of pace and run at tired defenses. I think you've, you've mentioned that before. It's, um, that's a, that's a secret power you have when you're coming off the bench. <laughs> if you have any speed or trickery, it's like ca- trying to catch out a, a tired defender is much easier. So yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see him at least getting that, that late sub 
to get that cushion goal at least because I felt like I was way too nervous <laughs> all the way to the final whistle on that one. I, a second goal would have been way really appreciated. Yes. Uh, okay. I think that covers us for, for all that. Uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll look ahead to this week's slate of games and do a little start bench drop. So sounds we'll see you in a few minutes. Awesome. Sounds good. Welcome back. So we've got another week of two games as we plow ahead to <laughs> the even busier season ahead. <laughs> I don't You know what's funny is like, I, I know it sounds funny for someone who watches about 10 games of soccer a week on average. I feel like there's way too much soccer in some respects. <laughs> it's a lot. But after after this, the uh, international break creeps up on us again. So yeah. we've got a break ahead. So it's not all crazy. Uh, from the eighth through the twenty, excuse me, the eighth to the twenty second, there's no games. So, or I should I should say the we'll, we'll call it the ninth through the twenty first. <laughs> there's no <laughs> Arsenal game. Gotcha. Um, but we've got two this week coming up on Thursday. We've got Molda, who's Finnish. Is that uh, right? Norwegian. 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 Oh, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's old team, and he was managing them before he started managing a uh, menu. Interesting. Yeah. Um, should I be worried? Uh. I think they are going to be closer to Rapid Vienna's level than Dundalk's level. Uh, they have a former sounder who's their captain in Wolf Ekrem. So those of you who follow MLS might know him. And uh, they, they looked, I only watched, I watched the Dundalk game and they really did basically handle Dundalk very easily. Uh, they, aren't winning the league this year in Norway. I believe they're in second, if I remember correctly, and quite a few points behind. Uh, and I think they're a handy team. I think it's going to be another one of those games where we're going to be, they're going to bunker down and look to hit us on the counter and get a lucky goal and hold it to a one nil game. So if you're a fan of tension, you're going to enjoy this game. Uh, but I think they definitely are beatable. Mike, question is who what type of lineup is Arteta gonna put out there is he gonna go for a little I think he might want a little more more strength than we had against Dundalk but we also have to look forward to Villa which is gonna be another difficult game yeah I think you try to save your team for Villa but then again you've got two two games this week and then uh, a break so maybe you you try to eke out some extra minutes out of um, some of your bigger players. You, maybe you give Aubameyang some minutes if you need to chase a goal. Or I think he Arteta wants to win every game. I think he will try to easily win this group. Uh, shouldn't be difficult, but um, 
I don't think he's going to sit back and put out a team he doesn't think is going to compete. So I think he'll he'll keep some some guns on the bench in case they he needs them. But um, you know, looking at the the Dundalk game, I felt like the young guys were able to get it done. So I still think that they can take it to Molda. I think there's um, probably. I don't know. I, I I would expect to see a, a similar lineup to what what they played there, and then yeah, have some options off the bench if yeah. needed. I think uh, for the most part, you're going to see a lot of the same names. I think Leno starts over Runerson in mm. this game, just because the Dundalk is Molda is a, at a different level than Dundalk, and I think Arteta is going to want to get the victories early so that later in the group stage we can have, have it already set up, and then just kind of played a little bit more easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I would I think I would like to see a lot of the uh the same players that we started against Endok. Um gosh, I'm trying to think who might we would maybe start. I mean, it might be fun to see the Suarez party midfield for that game just to see how it clicks if you think you can get them into the next game too or at least party into the next game. Um Oh, did you say Suarez or do you mean Ceballos? I, I meant Ceballos. I don't. I'm looking at Suarez because he started the Nindog game. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Ceballos. I could see him getting some minutes. Yeah, I, I, I think we'll see. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Party get rested I, if, if you need to give minutes to Shaka and Ceballos. But I can It's hard to tell what he want, what he's going to want to do. Uh, against Villa. I think that's really the dictating factor as to who plays. Uh, it is funny that Xhaka Ceballos has turned into our Europa League pairing when they were up until we got party the you know marquee pairing of the of the team. Yeah, but I think as as the transfer window progressed, looking at two players that would have ultimately been big upgrades on the Jaka Sabayo's pairing. So I think there's an admission that we can do better than, than that overall. Not that they're bad players. I just think that that probably shouldn't be our marquee center back yeah. pair or center center midfield pairing. Yeah, and the nice thing is the game is at home. It's in London and you know the benches for uh, Europa League games are very deep and there's the you still get the five subs. So Right. You can have all the uh, big guns kind of just there, just in case. Yeah, I think uh, we'll we'll see Aubameyang used as a a backup plan there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wonder if so uh, would, Sokka would get a start. What yeah, I I'm curious. I think he, you know, he's our first first choice player, so I think he's probably going to get saved for Villa. That would be my guess. Yeah. So you're right. You, you, we may see pretty much the same lineup that we saw against uh, Dundalk and hopefully uh, um, similar results as well. Right. I, um, I think I'm a little more nervous about the, this Villa game than maybe I, I would have been uh, previous years. <laughs> they've they've got a good run going. I'm I'm surprised, uh, but then this year's been kind of weird. 
So yeah, this this week year has been kind of weird. They did uh, lose last week. I'm trying to remember who they lost. I think they've they've lost a couple, but they're, yeah. they're they've had they had some surprising form before that. Um, they lost to Southampton four three. They yeah they lost to Leeds, which yeah, you which, never know with Leeds. Yeah, <laughs> um, but beat Leicester. Uh, beat Liverpool handily. Yeah. Um, and uh, also got good result, good good results against Fulham and Bristol, which uh, well you would expect the, that pretty yeah. much. Um, so I I think they've uh, brightened up. They might be. I th- I think on paper we're the better team, but they've just had the better run so far, just because of who they've played. But you can't you can't discount a seven two rubbing of Liverpool. So they do have some firepower. Yeah, I think, I think, I think they're an interesting team. I think we're going to see a little bit of regression to the mean in the mm-hmm. EPL. I think. I think you're starting to get over that, like you know, early game jitters and things are going to kind of shake out in general. Uh-huh. Uh, I, th- I have seen a couple of the uh, Villa games, and they do look handy going forward. Um, and I do, you know, we. We know their keeper very well, and I think we all rate him. So it should be a more difficult game than it looked when we started the season. That being said, I, I'm I'm hoping that it's a game that we can really I don't know showcase our our our, our players going forward more. I I do feel like we're still waiting on a um, sort of a breakout game where we can control both defensively and and dominate on the offense as well uh and we're also i think looking for uh a good test of the team i think manu clearly is not at their best and i don't i don't know that our arsenal um you know if if manu had a better run of form that that would have been a, a much tougher game and and probably would have been a much tougher game in in a, a crowded stadium but i mean like if, if manu would have would have shown up and played like they did against um was it leipzig that they had just beat beaten uh oh yeah it was leipzig rb yeah leipzig. so yeah yeah so they you know they are capable of playing well and and just didn't show up that day um and i think could have had had a, a solid game against Arsenal, um, but I think Arsenal have to figure out like how to show up to the big games like they did, but also figure out these Leicester types, these equal or lower level teams that we seem to struggle with. Finding some consistency there is, is the next frontier, really, um, because that seems to be where we really struggle and look flat. So I hope that they really figure out how to bring it um, when they play Villa. It'll be interesting. I think the midfield battle is going to be really interesting because I think that's really the strength of where uh, Villa are. You have Grealish and Barkley's had it. Barkley has been one of the big differences in the Villa from this year to last year. Mm -hmm. And so you have Grealish and Barkley and Douglas Luis, which I think are all going to be interesting uh, players for Arsenal to contend with. Yeah, I think it'll be. I wouldn't say equal, but it could be. It could be a challenge for Arsenal, depending on if they show up or not. Yeah. 
always depended on that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm looking forward to that. That actually could be a pretty, pretty solid, solid game. Yeah, it should. I mean, it should be a very good game. I'm, I'm, I think we're all curious to see how Martinez looks. Cause I think it's like that, uh, you know, alternate sliding doors moment of, of things. So that'll be a interesting player to keep your eye on. Right. I hope I, you know, I never like to make a, a former Arsenal player look bad, but if it's a goalkeeper, it's yeah. unfortunate that they're going to have to look bad if we're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> win the way I want to win. Yeah. So, I mean, what's your prediction? Are we a uh, win, loss, or draw? Um, for I'll, I'll go for both of them. Yeah. Uh, for Molda, I think that's a that's a I'll go with a two nil win. I'm I'm really confident in the defense and that they can con- continue to get some clean sheets. Um, and on that, I think I will, we'll also, I'm going to go, I'm going to go three, one Arsenal against Villa. Interesting. Um, I'm going to take your three, one, but do that to the Molda game. I think it's going to be, uh, I think Molda is going to, I think it's going to fall a very similar pattern to the, the, uh, rapid Vienna game. I'm, I'm even going to call out the goal scorer. I'm going to say it's a Wolf Ikram that scores for them. So wait, what was that? What was that score? I'm going to write it down so we can actually revisit oh, yeah. this. Uh, three one to uh, to Arsenal with Wolf Ikram scoring. Okay, I know. I'm 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 going all out on that one. <laughs> um, and then I think it's going to be a little bit closer with Villa. Um, I think it. It's whether I do pessimistic or optimistic, Tim, but. I think, well, let's, let's stick with optimistic team. Let's go with a two nil. I think we can keep a clean sheet and get a, a couple goals. Okay. Um, it's written down, it's written in stone. So <laughs> we'll, we will revisit and see if we yeah. have any sort of prediction capabilities. Yeah. And then people can laugh at my shame. <laughs> um, let's see. We've got, uh, Oh, I was looking ahead. I guess I'm that. That's it for two weeks, and then leads when we come. Leads when we come back. Yeah. So that's leads has been unpredictable. So I'm yeah. curious how Arsenal come back from the break to that that game. But that, we've, we've got some time. Yeah, we've got some time to prepare, and that's going to be an interesting because it's like uh, so. Uh, uh, Arteta is basically the disciple of Pep Guardiola, right? Went to Pep Guardiola. Pep Guardiola is the disciple of Bielsa, who's the uh, coach of Leeds. So it's like a, a, I don't know, grandson-father battle? Would you say that? <laughs> grandson-son battle? I don't know. We'll just call it a meeting of the minds. Yes. So that should be, an, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that in the upcoming weeks. It should be an interesting game. So, in the meantime, let's talk start bench drop. Are you ready for that? Yeah, I'm always ready. I'm going to call these out. You know the drill. Start bench or drop them. Uh, Let's start with William. Bench. And in that same vein, how about Pepe? Start. All right. How about Elneny? Start. Okay. Then then my follow-up question is, uh, do you start bench or drop the Jaka Ceballos pairing? I definitely, uh, it's between bench or drop. 
I think I benched that mainly for this Jaka part of it. Okay, we'll co- we'll come back to that because I want to yeah. talk about that a little bit. Um, okay, how about Joe Willock? Uh, bench. Uh, Eddie and Kedia? Bench. Okay, that's that's all I got for this week. But let's let's come back to that Jaka Zabios. Um, and but in that we we kind of talked about it, the the best pairing uh, with Party. But do you think the the Jaka Sabayos pairing is is done altogether? Now that we've you know Elneny's stepped up. We've seen what Party can do. Um, we've got Willick in the mix for Europa League. Uh, you know how do you how how do you see this playing out for those players? Is it too early to tell, or is is that that pairing just done at this point? I think if we were looking at it like lines in hockey where you had it and you had Pardier and El Nenny as your, you know, first line and then your second line was Jacques and Ceballos and you'd be switching out kind of them as two units. I think you'd look at you might say, but I think one of El at this point, one of El Nene or Party is probably starting most of our games. So it's then who do you pair with them? Mm. And Jaka and Zabias as a, a, a couple, a, a partnership, as it were. I don't see starting very many games unless we get some knocking on wood injury issues or uh, someone dips in form radically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I Arteta's put a lot of uh, faith in Jaka up until this point, and. He he's one of those players similar to Lacazette that I'm like, uh, it's it just watching them. They don't look like they're quite up to the level that you want from this team, but they're not playing bad. They're doing everything Arteta wants them to do. Uh, and I can't again. I can't tell if it's just having to use what you've got or if they're just doing the intangible things that I can't really pick up on that Arteta really needs in this team. Um, we, we see what Ceballos does, um, maybe inconsistently, but we know what he can do. Um, but I don't... I think Jaka is um, a solid player, a reliable player, but he's not a flashy player by any means. So um, if you're looking for a pairing with party, I, I, I don't see a, uh, I don't see a Jaka party happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, do, I don't, I don't quite see that one being productive for this team. Uh, yeah. That just sounds gross to me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and I get it. And I, I think it's nice for us to have had like a redemption arc with Jaka, like going back to the uh, the Emery days when, you know, he was flipping off the crowd and there was a very toxic situation with him, the club, and the fans. Um, I think it's nice that we've gotten that redemption. And I think he's at where he should be right now, which is a good depth player. You do need depth players in general for injuries, for the games. I mean, when the Christmas season starts heating up and your things are still going fast and furious, uh, I think he's a good piece to have, but yeah, he's definitely not anywhere around starting for me unless there's other issues. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know yet who the best party pairing is, but it's it's it I can't see it being Xhaka. So then if you're talking um, you know, El Neni or um yeah, I I kind of feel like that El Neni one is really just it maybe it's recency bias. Um but yeah, I I I need to see more of a get a bigger sample size of the Sabios pairing to to compare. So maybe the jury's still out on what the best pairing is, but I I I don't see Jaka being in that starting that starting group. I think um, he pairs well with Sabios, so I think that could be a, a Europa League option later in the um, knockout rounds as we need to rest players that he, that's a good one to fall back to. But yeah, I think it's, it's, it's party first and then figure out <laughs> how to fit. I think that's how uh, you could describe my life in general. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much it from start bench drop for this week. Do you want to wrap up some fantasy for us? Yeah, well, I was just going to say congrats, Caleb, on your uh, sixty-three points last week. That's a that's a respectable uh, haul. Did you did you uh, do some uh, trades? Did you uh, what'd you do? I actually set my lineup, so that oh, nice. that was the first first step. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did a couple swaps or uh, transfers, so that helped. And uh, yeah, just having all your players not injured is a good start. And setting your captains correct correctly was was helpful too. Getting some double digit uh, bonuses from that. So oh, nice. Yeah, I had a uh, Bamford on my captain because uh, I'm I'm still riding that hot hand, but he did not have a hot hand this last week. Uh, yeah, and so I mean, unfortunately, you're still at the bottom of the table, but you're you're coming up. I think you. I- you only have a my prediction. Months. My prediction was not to be in last place. Yeah, and although I think currently I am sitting in last place, you are, so I'm not. Yeah. But you're you're working your way out. Like I think you have. Yeah, you're you're six points out of a fourteenth uh, place. <laughs> so I've got this one. Yeah, and you know if I keep on having these fifty point weeks, I may be quickly falling. Um, the leader is. Uh, still Omkar. I'm still going to put a big asterisk because he's still running both song and game. So I'm, eh, he's running the league or leading the league, but you can do better Omkar. You can do better. Um, and I'm going to put a, a special shout out to Uday because he is the top uh, team that is not running any Spurs players. So good on you. Good on you. Uday. <laughs> De facto winner. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and so that's that's fantasy. Keeping it going. People look like they're... Uh, I just saw that John Blundell just had an 81-point week. Whew. Wow. I need to figure out what he's doing. Steal some of those players. Serious. And again, no Tottenham players on that. It can be done. It can be done. All right. Well, I need to get back to doom scrolling, so we should probably wrap this up. <laughs> I'm totally not going to look at the news. <laughs> well, uh, I want to thank all of you for listening to this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. And I hope that you come back and join us again. Uh, if you like what you heard, go subscribe. 
to Apple iTunes, not Apple iTunes, what am I talking about? Apple Podcasts, uh, you know, Stitcher, Google, anywhere you get your podcasts at, go subscribe. It would be a big help to us. And if you have the opportunity to leave a review, go do so. Go say some nice things. Leave us some stars or however it works, wherever you're leaving that review. If you would like to get in touch with us or follow us on Twitter, uh, that would be at W of N London. And uh, if you want to send us an email with a question for this week's episode, um, go ahead and do so at westofnorthlondon at gmail.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you and get those questions in for this international break because uh, coming up, we're going to need something to talk about. So Yeah, if, if you don't give questions, I'm going to probably talk about some obscure Latvian player for the whole two weeks. So get your questions in. Or face that. Yes, that's a threat. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you like what you heard from the intro music, go check out Bobcat. They are... Um, at the their website, which is bobc.at, spells out Bobcat. Go check them out. Uh, no course, no course to follow. I'm having such a hard time talking tonight. <laughs> no course to follow is is their album. You can check it out there. And if um, yeah, I, I'm going to go back and, and say once again, send us questions. <laughs> we need more questions. We got some. We got three good ones this week. So thank you to Bill Conley, uh, Jonathan uh, King Lillis, and oh, I forgot the last one. Who was it? Ah, oh, Fraser Pringle. Yep. Thank you for your your contribution this week. And uh, be like them. Send us your questions. And I think that's pretty much it for us for this week. So. As always, see you at the next gun show.